You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. Talking games and movies and actors. Words Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Hey. Baby, I just checked out the new Hyundai Elantra. How was it? I have to say, it was a pretty smooth operator. Are you sure you're talking about a car? <laughs> it's a tech lover's dream. The digital key feature lets you lock and unlock the doors. And get this, with dynamic voice recognition, I can control the temperature, roll down the windows, and change radio stations just by talking. <laughs> I know you like that. <laughs> you too can talk to the all-new Hyundai Elantra. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie, and I am your host. Before we get started into today's episode, just wanted to introduce you to what you are going to be listening to. This episode features a one-on-one interview with Saoirse Ronan, who appears in the upcoming film called Ammonite. And that interview is conducted by Kat Combs. In our second segment, we talk about election 2020. It's a hot topic, and we are excited to talk about our new president, um, President Biden. And we're also excited to talk about the fact that Trump is no longer in office. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. The second segment, Election 2020, is hosted by yours truly, Ryan and Angelica. Hope you enjoy. Hey, Kat. Hi, Sersha. This is Kat from Black Girl Nerds. Hi, how you doing? I'm good. It's such a pleasure to speak with you this morning. Thank you yeah. for taking the time. So, Ammonite, I absolutely love this film. And I'm curious, what attracted you to the role of Charlotte? Um, well, there's very little about the real life Charlotte online, but she, she did exist and she was um, very involved in, in the world of paleontology, actually. And, um, and I think one of the things that I, I started to learn about her and, and what I wanted to incorporate into our sort of imagined version of her was that she was um she was a real supporter of talent almost like a, a patron for somebody and um had this really wonderful ability to um you know i suppose as most women had to back then step to one side and allow another to to really kind of shine and you see her really taking off a lot of joy in that with with mary um because of her love for her but i think also uh, because of the respect that she starts to have for for the work that Mary does and that she's kind of now involved in so you know she gets to this really wonderful kind of uh, kind of quietly empowered and, and confident place in, in herself um, but she starts off in this very very depressive kind of numb state when we meet her and she's been through a, a, a personal tragedy she's lost a child and her marriage is is very kind of distant and um and uh uncommunicative and, and all of that and uh and I hadn't really played anyone who had been through anything like that before and um and also even if it sounds silly just you know the fact that I had to wear corsets and pretty dresses and have you know ringlets in my hair and things like that like even though I've done other period films I'm I'm never that girl and so that was that was new territory for me to to be to start out as someone who really does kind of follow the rules and um you know has, has really played her part as a woman in that type of society um that's expected of her or, or the lifestyle that's expected of her due to her 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 gender and her background and stuff so um yeah so that there was there were points when I was still playing her at that stage that were really quite frustrating for me because all I wanted to do was 
you know, put on a jumper and <laughs> take off my underskirt, but I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And you know, you mentioned, you know, I feel like this is not a girly movie, but it's definitely female driven from just the, the amount of cast in the film, the themes. And I'm wondering, you know, what's it like to be part of, you know, it's a small cast, but such a strong female film. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I love that. I've, I've been very lucky just with the sort of landscape changing so much over the last few years that I've been in a lot of films that have had like a lot of ladies in them. Um, so it, that has become pretty normal for me, kind of from, from Brooklyn onwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been surrounded by or part of a group of, you know, loads of, loads of women. And, um, and it's fantastic because the, the kind of, I don't know, the kind of atmosphere that that brings about on set is just, it's brilliant to, to be around, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah. And this was kind of no different. I mean, Kate and I had, uh, met kind of on and off over the years at, at different events and we'd like interviewed each other and <laughs> kind of had all these very intense experiences without actually ever having filmed anything together. Um, so, so we kind of, we knew what we were, letting ourselves in for by, by working with each other. And, you know, I was, I was very excited to get to do this with her. Yeah. And I imagine you were a fan before, you know, getting to work with her and before meeting her, did she teach you anything while on set? Um, she taught me, um, some knitting. We, I, I had started knitting on Little Women and um she likes to knit as well so she taught me a few stitches um and she's a great cook so we she's swapped a few recipes with me and things like that but i mean you know in terms of acting like people people will ask you that but nobody nobody really does that like you kind of that that is kind of the brilliant thing about being on a film set or working on a play or you know some or even i'm sure it's the same for like musicians and things like that where age does kind of go out the window and there's definitely there always should be a respect for experience and and you know people who have a lot more experience than you but everyone kind of becomes a kid when they're making a film so there isn't ever really that sense of like let me sit you down and you know uh, tell you a few things I think you you sort of you learn you learn so much from these people by just kind of observing them and and how they work and how they are with with crew more than anything I think that's when you can um really pick up some either good or bad habits when you see how how uh actors are with um you know the runner or the onset PA or something like that so I've been very lucky that um for the most part I've I've worked with really lovely actors that have been very respectful towards everyone and, and Kate was no different you know right and, you know, one of the things I think uh, will stick with audiences is that big love scene in the film. And I'm curious what measures or, you know, thoughts were taken into onto set for that scene? Um, well, we, we did about two weeks of rehearsals before we started the shoot. Um, and for the most part, that that was just myself and Kate and Francis in a room um, talking through everything really and having pretty extensive conversations about um, different, you know, the different significant moments that, that take place in the movie. And obviously the, there's um, one or two sex scenes w- which are very much a part of their kind of progression in their relationship and so we needed to map out um where they were at at that point when when that happened when those scenes took place and how they change from one sex scene to the next and you know how much more confident the women become and how much more vulnerable they can be the second time round and you know we we just we just talked through it all really and decided what we wanted to do and Frances was really uh, wonderful at at sort of um 
you know, stepping back and allowing Kate and I to take the reins in terms of um, the, the choreography and, and the technicalities that were involved in these sex scenes. So Kate and I would literally get out our notebooks and go, okay, step one, you'll put your hand on my shoulder and step two, I'll nuzzle your neck. And we went through it like that. And it was a really great way for us to, because we both think in that way where it's like, okay, we can we can see the trajectory of of this scene and um and we practiced it just like a dance really and then brought that onto set and everybody knew what we were doing and you know we've both done sex scenes in the past and so we're very like protective of one another and uh we had almost an entirely female camera department which did make i think that more than anything made a massive difference um to the atmosphere on set so yeah it was it was a great experience and uh you know we actually we actually did one of them on my birthday so we uh had had a little prosecco beforehand um and uh it's great 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 birthday present for me yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's great uh you know what you mentioned uh director francis lee and you know he's also the writer and what did he bring to the film during production that's all his own that's all his own Mm -hmm. um i mean francis as i'm sure you know did god's own country which was was so sort of um significant and and kind of like really beautifully shocking for a lot of people and and so I think he has a very clear idea of like what his style is now um, and he really brought that onto onto Ammonite and um you know he he spent a lot of time with us either on the phone or in person before we actually made the movie so the couple of months beforehand like I would speak to him almost every week and we'd be on the phone for you know, three or four hours at a time, just most of the time, not even talking about the movie, but just talking about, about ourselves really. Um, typical, typical filmmakers. Um, but yeah. And, and he was, he was very good at giving time to, um, us just getting to know one another um, and feeling like we could, could talk to him about anything. Um, so yeah, so I really appreciated him doing that. Nice. And I, I think I have time for one more question. So is there anything that you learned about yourself after making this film or is there part of your character that really stuck with you? I mean, I think one of the things that I, I love about this film and about this relationship between the two of them is that it kind of shows it shows a relationship with warts and all um, and the frustrations that can come with being someone that you being with someone that you really love um, and how amazing that is, but how scary it can be and how you need to adjust and adapt. Um, and, you know, when you have two people that are willing to do that, it's a fantastic, brilliant thing. And I think that's just always, I think that's very, very important for us to see more relationships like that on screen that aren't like fairy tale perfect, but have their have their issues and have their hurdles, but you know they're overcome together by these two people working working it out, working with one another, and and really caring about the relationship that they're in. So um, that's what I really appreciate about about what this film conveys. I guess. Yeah. Thank you. That's that's great. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and best of luck with the film. And I'm already a fan. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, Kat. The Black Girl Nerds podcast will return in just a moment. The Hyundai Elantra is a tech savvy, smooth operator designed just for you. The Hyundai Elantra is a compact sedan with available class exclusive features like a digital key that unlocks your car with your phone and a 10.25 inch infotainment touchscreen along with dynamic voice recognition that will let you control the radio and adjust the temperature with your voice. For the young at heart who like to drive smart, Introducing the Elantra with the most flavor yet. 
seamless tech experience that puts your phone at the center of everything you do. Locking, unlocking, and starting your car. Designed for better living without breaking the bank. Learn more at Hyundai.com. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. My name is Jamie, and I'm very excited to bring to you great discussion. You know what? I'm so rusty now. It's been so long since I've done this. I'm excited (laughs) to talk to you guys, along with Angelica and Ryan, about you know, the state of our country right now, there's a huge election that just happened where we finally got the results that we've been looking for. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about the fact that we got a new president and things. And, um, yeah, let's, let's, let's just dive into this conversation. Angelica, Ryan, thanks for joining me in this discussion today. And, um, let's pop it off. Yes. Yep. All three of us back. Oh my gosh. What's going to happen? Be back. <laughs> so long. It's been 84 years. Uh, <laughs> I know. Titanic. <laughs> um, you know what's funny is this whole election just starting. I mean, it, it's exhausting for me personally because I've been involved with this election since the primaries. So mm-hmm. I was um, a volunteer for Bernie Sanders campaign. I was a texter. Uh, I helped with some phone banking. I did some volunteer events. So I've kind of been in the throes of this for the last year and a half. Um, So I'm glad that this is finally over. (laughs) Um, But uh, it's, it's good that we've, you know, reached a conclusion where we can actually move past a president that is no longer a fascist, <laughs> a president that does not advocate for hate crimes or, you know, or, you know, support hate crimes, uh, a president that doesn't believe in client, uh, climate, climate science. Um, bear with me, guys. I literally just woke up. So that's why I'm like a little rusty with my words. Um, and, and just all of these whole host of other issues that's wrong with Donald Trump. And even though Biden wasn't my candidate, I'm, you know, I did vote for him and I'm glad that he is going to be our new president going forward because he's a heck of a lot better uh, than Donald Trump. So I, I finally can breathe a sigh of relief. I completely agree with you. Um, my, it's funny because my dad, um, I come from a bipartisan household, so my mom's a Democrat, my dad's a Republican, um, and for whatever reason, harmony has always existed in our home, um, and I live in Delaware, so Joe's from our home state, he's like, him and his family are, are just like our family here, so they've just been such a big part of our lives, so for me, seeing that was just really touching, and I was really happy, um, I didn't vote for for uh for bernie this primary season but i did vote for him in 2016 um so either way i'm just glad it's not trump that's where i'm at with it like i could not i prayed and everything i'm like lord god please we can't do another four years of this please lord whatever i gotta do so (laughs) i'm just happy this is over yeah, same. I agree with all. Yeah, I echo all of both of you guys. And election fatigue was definitely sitting in, setting in for me because that was a thing going on, and just everybody just looking at the app and like, just the headlines. Like, what is he gonna do next? So I am so like, I'm like, thank you, God. I was the same way. Not four more years of this. I was like, I can't do it. It was just getting worse. And like watching the debates and stuff. And when you start bringing in the, the hate groups. You're just like, it can't, you already knew this thing, but just to hear it come out his mouth and just see it again and again, I'm like, I just, I can't take it. I can't do like four more years. So that was the best news ever. And people were celebrating. You got to see all the celebrities going crazy on Twitter and Instagram. Um, And I didn't get to see his whole, his whole speech, but I got to see little parts and it's just, I don't know the whole, but go ahead. Go ahead, Jamie. What are you going to say? No, it's funny when you mention people celebrating because, uh, you know, they show the people in New York city and also, you know, Oh Yeah. All yeah. over the country, really, but New York City, especially seeing mm-hmm. people out in the streets marching and yep. people in Central Park, like sitting, having picnics and just like 
really celebrating. And it's mm-hmm. funny because I lived in New York City in 2008 when Obama mm-hmm. got elected. Yeah. And that was kind of a big deal because he's our first black president. Right, right. And there wasn't nearly as much fanfare in the streets of New York mm-hmm. as there was with this Biden win. So it, it was just interesting. interesting. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, the dichotomy between the responses of people um, back then to now. But you got to think, you know, people were... People are really excited and also just relieved. Like you said, Ryan, we don't have to endure four more years of Trump. We don't have to endure Mm -hmm. four more years of a man that is not even taking this deadly pandemic that has killed, you know, over a quarter million Americans um, seriously. So that is something to celebrate that we've actually got a team in place now with uh, Biden and Harris that's willing to take on the coronavirus seriously. And like, I've, I've even read through their plan, like, you know, what their plan of action is and what they, you know, intend to do on day one. And they're not playing, like, <laughs> they really um, plan to attack this. Uh, so it's, it's just really exciting to see. And also, it's just a relief, rather, to see that they are going to do things that's going to benefit the wellness and the quality of life of, of Americans. At least that's, that is, that is my hope. <laughs> you know, I, I am yeah, a little right. cynical when mm-hmm. it comes to Biden and, and, you know, neoliberals in general, but I hope that, you know, that they actually do the things that they are telling the American people that they plan to do. I feel like his platform has been truth. So I feel like he's going to give us as much as he can yeah. um, for the next four years. And I don't, I don't, I, I know when he, if he does tweet or if he does post on Instagram or if he does speak, I can probably trust about 95% of what he's saying versus this president where it's been nothing but lies. Right. Even now he's still, he's still tweeting right now <laughs> saying there, you know, he had legal ballots. The, we're still in the election from him. The big city machines are corrupt. And he was talking smack about Philly, talking smack about Detroit, very heavy black populous cities. Um, but Arizona can keep counting. Like, come on, dude. Come on. Yeah, yeah the dog whistling has- is terrible. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. No, I was, no, you're fine. I was just going to say, yeah, he has a lot of things that's been coming up too, as you hear a lot of people saying, okay, well, he has two months. And, you know, like, because you're thinking about what he did in four years, but it's just like two months of somebody that acts like a five-year-old and you're like, okay, are you just going to concede like you should do? Or are you just going to keep making this harder? Um, but Facebook, and I've noticed like Facebook and Twitter and are really trying to cut down on the stuff he's putting out, which I love that they're, they're fighting back. Like, look, you're not, you're not keep, you know, using our platform to keep putting this stuff out there. Like, we got to stop this. So yeah. I'm just... I'm hoping like, you know, obviously he's not going to, you know, change certain stuff in the constitution like he thinks he is because like he, he's that very, he very much is a kid that's just going to keep throwing stuff out um, until he can't or he stopped. But it just makes you nervous because you're like, okay, he has two more months. The world, the, you know, other countries are looking at us like, why, why, you know, what is going on? You hoping they're not laughing because it's just like, why can't it just be a peaceful transition? But it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. It, it was funny. One of the tweets um, came from the mayor of Paris, and she said, "America is back." Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, other other nations like America. Not to sound too like nationalist or whatever, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, America is the greatest country, you know, in the world to a lot of other countries. Like they do mm-hmm. look to us mm-hmm. um, for you know when it comes to our economy, when it comes to our politics. And they're seeing what's happening now with the American people making the decision to get Trump out. Um, And who knows, like some of these right wing politicians that came into power right around the same time that Donald Trump did, probably Mm -hmm. some of them are shaking in their boots. Like, you know, at the Mm -hmm. UK with uh, Boris Johnson coming into power um, and uh, Brazil. I, got, I forgot the name of the the leader there, uh, Brazil, Bolsonaro, I think. But like some of these like right wing uh, leaders that came into power, it's like, okay, are we going to be next? So it's just very interesting to see um, some of the, the leaders' responses um, and tweeting very much immediately congratulatory to uh, Biden's win once it was officially announced through mainstream media. 
um, because yeah, they 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 really do look to our politics to see you know okay if if America's doing things this way, we got to check to see how things are going to pan out on our end. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a world celebration. I mean, I know I have friends all over the world. They're glued. They were glued to the TV this last week. Um, it, it was something that we're all holding our breath and waiting for the ends. And it finally came. And like the bells are ringing in Paris. There are fireworks in London. Mm. Um, I think everyone is very much happy and relieved that this president was voted out. And now we can go back to peace, a sense of peace. Um, and I, even like, even watching his speech, Joe's speech, I was thinking to myself, God, it's so great to have complete sentences. Right. You know, when I'm like, like, Jesus. Yeah. Somebody that's like, empathetic that actually yeah. cares. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to me, like, you know, when Trump speaks, it's like tremendous, big, you know, just mm-hmm. these elementary words. And Joe Biden is a stutterer. So the fact that he's 10 times more eloquent and well-spoken than this idiot that had in office, it's. It's just nice. I was like, oh, this is just nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was a nice pitch. Wasn't yelling at you. I was like, what? <laughs> fresh air. Yeah, he called like, for peace because, uh, and like I said, I grew up in a household where my dad's, he, he switched parties. So my dad was a Republican my entire childhood into my adulthood. My mom's always been a Democrat. My dad's black. My mom's from Puerto Rico. So I always grew up with duality, with different cultures. So mm-hmm. the idea of Republicans and, and Democrats being enemies never really sat well with me because my dad's a Republican. Um, and for a time, I kind of aligned with him. And then I kind of grew into my own as an adult and switched parties as well. So for me, it's not a matter of different parties that's not an issue for me it's like who you are as a person and your ideals and your ideology and what you believe in. that's where i have an issue and if you're imposing your beliefs on other people rather than just coming together you know as a people which i think that's joe's path this is what he's trying to do he's because we are a divided nation like i did not imagine that it would take this long to get to a resolution i didn't think trump would get this many votes i thought people were tired of him but at least half of our country was on his side so it's good to see that joe's saying like hey let's put that mess to the side let's move forward together yeah i mean i think when it comes to the republican party it's definitely changed over the years and Mm -hmm. i mean i remember growing up you know I, i i always grew up even before I was eligible to vote, I remember the Michael Dukakis and George Bush uh, election. And as a kid in school, we had like our little fake ballots and we would pick who we wanted. And I picked Michael Dukakis because he was a Democrat and I just identified with that party better. Um, And over the years though, the Republican party has obviously you know they they're they're not really in favor of the working class they they put themselves out there as a party that represents working class people or that are for working class people but by that term they mean white people white working class um when really working class mostly makes up of people of color um so and then also the republican party has spiraled into trumpism so then you've got these like you know, conspiracy theorists and QAnon people that are, you know, now saying, oh, the election is rigged and all of these like crazy things that are just completely untrue. They don't believe that the coronavirus is real. They don't believe in climate change, like just all of these ridiculous things that is very harmful to our country and has literally resulted in the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people. Because if you don't believe in this pandemic being real, then yeah, you're going to be susceptible to getting coronavirus. So like the, in my opinion, the Republican party has turned from being this neoconservative party to, you know, Trumpism. Um, And it's unfortunate because that that's a lot of where the division lies lies. And it's not only a division within that party, but it's an even further division between the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. Uh, So that's, and Trump has definitely been instrumental in that. Like, I think that was his whole MO to getting people to support him is let's further divide this country so that way I can get all of these people on my side and completely alienate these people 
um, because at least I know I have their loyalty and they're going to back me no matter what. And it, and it kind of worked because when you think about it, like this election should not have been this close. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Joe Biden yeah. should have won by a landslide, but mm-hmm. it, it was a very tight race. And that says a lot about Trumpism and the culture he's created. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a pretty sad history of how the, the party. I, I, I just hope it can be undone. <laughs> What's that? That's true. Yeah. I was I'm, just saying, I hope, I'm hoping it could be, un, uh, I'm sorry, I'm hoping it w- can be undone to a degree. Like, I, there was a tweet that was running around saying, like, now we can go back to normal racism. <laughs> like, I mean, it's oh, sad. God. But, like, yeah, I don't say have you gotta put to, normal in front of that. Yeah, I mean, just saying, like, you know, people were a lot more subtle about their, <laughs> their racist beliefs and racist ideology. And now, with they're more brazen with this current president. So now they can probably just, like, go back into the bushes you know just you know have your little meetings at home you don't have to be like that that's not right (laughs) like that's not okay anymore to say out loud i mean it's wrong regardless but i just thought that was funny like yes back to subtle racism i can take that um (laughs) the sad thing though is not to be all doom and gloom here but i think trumpism is here to stay i think there's going to be people that's always going to um double down on their beliefs when it comes to what Trump was advocating for, which is white nationalism, white supremacy, and all of that stuff. You're, you're still going to have, uh, you know, the Steve Bannons of the world and Steve Millers of the world that um, think that white nationalism is something that should be a part of our mainstream politics. So, I, I mean, even though Trump is gone, it would be, it, yeah, it would be very naive to think that in 2024, there's not going to be another version of Trump, if not himself or his kids, um, that's going to run on the Republican ticket, is pretty yeah. much what I say. Speaking of his kids, they were also out of pack, pocket this past week. Uh, <laughs> I, they were tweeting right along with their idiot dad. And it, it's funny because... I mean, I kind of flip between channels, but, you know, I'm kind of more of a CNN because they're, they're mainstream. It's just easier for me to digest what they're saying. And, like, uh, Jake Tapper and Anderson Cooper were going in. Like, they kept calling oh, uh, <laughs> their spawn, like, Trump and his spawn. And uh, what, did, what did Cooper call him? Like, a flailing turtle? Uh, it was, <laughs> I enjoyed the shade this past week. Yeah, uh, Cooper, yeah. Yeah, it was some it was some levity because this was I mean, you said, Jamie, that you've been involved in the election and yeah. volunteering and you're one of the texters and people waking me up at 8 a.m. with texts. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was Jamie. Um, but this was a long I mean, for your average American, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not as plugged into politics as I'd like to be, but I definitely have been keeping an eye on this election, especially this past week. It was oh, my gosh, I was up until 2 a.m. every morning yep. just watching the count. And I'm like, what is taking it so long? I can't. Yeah, you're like, anymore. move numbers, move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was exhausted by the end of this, like literally, because I just I haven't been getting any sleep. You know, I, I I stay up until two, go to sleep, wake up in the morning. The numbers are still the same. Now we're like a weekend. So Saturday was such a nice day. It was yeah. just wonderful. I hope my hope is this with because uh, you brought up like CNN and the you know the anchors and stuff that are mm-hmm. those networks. I hope that there's a a responsibility that you know, an accountability with these networks, CNN, MSNBC, that they uh, completely ignore or suppress coverage of Donald Trump and his post-life, post-presidency life, and focus on, you know, what is going on with current events and with Biden. Because I feel like in some respects, mainstream media had a little bit of a hand in helping get Trump elected. They gave him a lot of airtime and, um, you know, truth be told, I know that a lot of these networks, their bottom line is all about money and rating. So, and, and Trump is, you know, he is entertaining. Like he's a character. (laughs) Yeah. In spite of the terrible, you know, human being that he is, he is an entertaining personality. And that's probably the reason why he has such a loyal feral fan base. But I hope that these uh, networks, are a little bit more responsible in how they cover the news because when people are com- are 
consistently inundated with a personality or, you know, rhetoric about, you know, either a topic or a person, you know, or whatever, they're slowly kind of getting brainwashed, if you will. And I just don't like the way CNN and MSNBC handled covering Trump in 2016 when he was running, because I barely heard stuff about Hillary and it would be Trump all day, every day. And now they're like, oh, he's so terrible to our country. Oh, you know, they're saying all of these things and criticizing him when didn't you guys kind of have a hand in helping him get elected? You know what I'm saying? So I hope that this time around that they just don't talk about Trump and they focus on the issues at hand. And um, sorry, I'm ranting for too long, but that's how I get with politics. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I hope that in this new presidency that we invite more progressive voices. So more far left voices, people that are on the Bernie AOC wing of the party to be pundits and talk about things that the Democratic Party aren't doing, rather than having people like Rick Santorum. Oh, just I wanted to punch him through the screen. Yeah, like the having this Republicans week. talk about, you know, what's going, like, yeah. I, if I want to listen to Republicans, I'll go on Fox News. I don't need to hear Rick Santorum talk about, you know, the opposition to the party. You know, I'd rather hear that mm-hmm. from the perspective of a leftist voice. So that's what I, that's my hope for, you know, a Biden. I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like Rick has the place to a degree because it's kind of good to see both sides, but he was like, come on, man. Like he just kept, def- in so many ways, defending Trump. Like, you know, he's dead ass wrong, dude. Like, just sh- well, They're a cult. The whole part yeah. <laughs> they all defend him. That's a good, yeah, that's a good way to put it, yeah. I mean, even Mitt Romney this morning was on CNN and I was watching him and, you know, um, he wouldn't answer... Uh, I think it was Jake Tapper that was interviewing him. He wouldn't answer Jake Tapper's interview about him not voting for Trump. Um, So, and Mitt Romney has kind of been a little bit outspoken against Trump, but, you know, he, he's still kind of saying, well, you know, the votes do need to be counted, you know, like, (laughs) dude, yeah. So they're still kind of like towing the line and it's just like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's no Republican out there that's just willing to actually be yeah. logical with all of this yeah stuff. just be like no and then like uh, i just love seeing like i said all around the country just reactions especially um like in philly mayor kenny he's tore off his mask so he could say like he needs to put on his big boy pants he needs to <laughs> just accept reality at this point concede and let the rest of the country move on mm-hmm. i mean like that's how I feel. Like, please go back to your your tower. Or just stay up there and never come back down. Um, but I cannot wait. I'm taking the day off on January the 20th, so I can just tune in to the inauguration. I can. Oh yeah. Wait. Yeah, I bet you a lot of people will be taking that day off. Yeah. It's gonna be a lot of I, celebrities too. That's gonna be performing. Oh, I, I got a question to pose for you guys though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of celebrities, what do you guys think about all the people that he had endorsed, uh, Trump had endorsed him, like Ice Cube, 50 Cent, Lil Wayne? Do you think this now that he's going to be out of office, does this affect them now? Because I know I'm looking at it, some of them a little sideways now. They're Uncle Tom's, like, in my opinion. I okay, mean, I'm going to throw it out there. <laughs> can I speak Sorry. on the Ice Cube situation? I'm a yeah, little yeah, yeah. mixed on this, okay? Mm-hmm. And this might cause me to be out of favor with people, but hey, what else is new? Um, so, um, I think, well, listening to the full story, cause sometimes, you know, on Twitter, on social media, people like to cherry pick. Um, I saw that Ice Cube said that he had presented two plans or he, he had presented his plan to both parties, to both Biden and Trump. And that the Biden people said, well, we'll look at your plan after the election. And that with the Trump people, they said, oh, yeah, go ahead, send your plan to us. We'll evaluate it. And yes, I know the Trump people, it was all about, you know, basically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was a, it was a joke for them. They, they weren't really going to do anything. They, they were just basically using him. But at the same time, it wasn't like he was actively going out to Trump, which I think that's the narrative that's been put out there. He approached both. uh both parties or both, you know, candidates. So 
I'm just, I, I'm not quick to be like, he's an Uncle Tom, let's cancel him. You know, Maybe not Q, but definitely Lil Wayne. Definitely, <laughs> definitely Lil Wayne. Definitely yeah, Lil Wayne, that. yep. Yeah, yeah, because those guys are different because they were like, oh, so our taxes are going to go up? We're voting for Trump. Like, and Ice Cube has never said that he's voting for Trump. As a matter of fact, I think Ice Cube said he's not voting for anybody because he's all about having a black agenda and who is going to help the black community, which I got questions about that too. Like, who is helping the black community, you know? Yeah, that's so a question. Yeah, I'm kind of with Cube on that. And I think his approach is obviously misguided and he he should have obviously chosen an approach where he wasn't he knew that he wasn't going to be he should have known that he was being fooled i, I yeah. mean I, I think he should have known that's that. what i think got me yeah, yeah. i feel like he yeah. should have known that yeah he should have known yeah. that but at the same time i'm like he's not trying to work with trump like it, 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 that wasn't his intention i just think he was misguided in his approach so anyways i just wanted to say that and present a nuanced kind of you know response to it because everybody's like oh he's working with trump he's canceled like you guys y'all yeah. don't know the full story of what <laughs> yeah but the optics he should have known the optics were bad on that one like <laughs> yeah i agree i agree the optics were bad but you know at the same time it's not like he's exclusively like he didn't vote for trump it's not like mm. he's trying to you know, say, oh, I'm a Republican now and all of this stuff. He just wants to push forward his black agenda. He don't care right. who advocates for it. He just wants someone who's in, well, basically he said that whoever is in power should be the one to, you know, push forward this, this agenda. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I completely disagree with his approach. I think he should have just been patient and been like, you know, have the Biden folks look at it. By the way, I think the Biden people should have looked at it before the election. Like, why are y'all waiting? You know, if y'all are so concerned about black issues, why is it something that you guys want to put off until after the election? But anyways, um, that's a <laughs> spiel on, on that. Too. Uh, well, I, I will say something that was appreciated. Not sure if it, if people took it as sincere or not, but just Joe acknowledging the black vote got him where he is mm -hmm. and saying like, he got our back. Mm -hmm. You know, I appreciate you guys supporting me all these years. I mean, cause like I said, Joe's a fixture where I live. I went to Dell State. He's been there several times, talked to the students. Um, I'm down the street from the University of Delaware. Not like there's a huge black student population there, but they're still there. Um, so it was nice to get the acknowledgement. That's not always generally, that, that's not said in politics by a white candidate. So that was, that was nice. Um, I'm not sure, if, like I said, if anyone's really truly receiving it, but that was appreciated on my end. Yeah, I, I just hope that, you know, when he actually goes into office, he does things for the black community, knowing that the black vote helped get him in office. So I, I hope that he remembers that. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I hope that, um, you know, at the end of the day that he pushes forward more legislation. Like, I, I like the fact that he wants to decriminalize uh, marijuana. Personally, I think he should legalize it. You know, that there's been propositions on the ballot in other states, New Jersey now, uh, mm -hmm. weed is legal. Um, so it would be nice if they just go ahead and legalize it. But, you know, one step at a time, I guess. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I, know <laughs> I know it's decriminalized in Delaware. I know that much. Uh <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I, you know, because... Okay, I'm gonna try not to bring up Bernie too much. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. We like Bernie. Bring him up. I, I, I oh, Bernie, Bernie again. Now they go ahead. I really, I really loved his plan when it came to that because kind of tying it into the black vote and the black community. You know, not only did he want to legalize marijuana, but he also want wanted to expunge the records of those who had been. Uh, criminalized in the criminal justice system from, you know, being charged with marijuana charges. And he also wanted to put together funds for black and brown communities to help them create small businesses, um, you know, to create their own marijuana businesses. Because that's the thing, too. Once it's legalized, white people are definitely going to try to profit off of this. 
you know, Mm -hmm. and these are the very, this is the very drug that black and brown people have been criminalized for, you know, decades. And now white people are going to profit off of it. So Bernie was like, no, I'm going to go ahead and have money for black and brown businesses so they can go ahead and create their own marijuana shops, their own marijuana farms, et cetera, et cetera. And they they profit off of it. And I really loved that idea for a plan. So, you know, that, again, that's something that, you know, is a part of the Black agenda that probably, you know, maybe Ice Cube had in his plan or something. I don't know. But. Right. Do you think that the Biden administration is going to bring Bernie into the fold at all? Or is that kind of, or is he too left for them? He's going to be a member of his um, cabinet in the uh, Department of Health. Okay. So I, I don't know oh, if that's official, that. but that's the, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the word at this point and there was a Politico article that just came out of all of these like mock candidates that may be um in not candidates but you know like I guess people that people may, up yeah, yeah the role <laughs> in his cabinet and I was seeing some of these names like Meg Whitman who's a Republican the HP chick and the one that brought down Quibi yeah <laughs> the, the former CEO of eBay like what I but she's a Republican or maybe I like, and I, I guess, I guess, you know, reaching across the aisle is maybe his intention, but why not bring in some progressive people to be a part <laughs> of the cabinet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But well, well, speaking of progressive, he got Kamala on his team. If that isn't progressive, I don't know what it is. She, she, um, she is, you know, I was kind of um, being critical of her with her progressive politics, but you're right. She actually is pretty progressive. Um, uh, you know, I, I've had my issues with her, you know, uh, history as an attorney general in the past but um as a senator um she she has been pretty progressive the only thing that i had an issue with um kamala on when she was running as president is she was running on medicare for all at the beginning and then she flip-flopped on that and i'm like kamala no don't do that woman (laughs) so i'm just happy i mean she you know feelings on her aside she did make history as the first one and the first woman of color, black Indian woman to be a vice, pre- to be vice president. I mean, look at that. There, there was a slideshow of all these men, all these white men that were vice presidents. And then there's Kamala. So you can't help but take pride in that. Absolutely. That is something you cannot take away from her. And that is something I have an incredible amount of respect for that. She was able to break that barrier. And um, I'm excited because, you know, I, I hope that, you know, Joe Biden has really good health, you know, through his four years, but he ran, he ran during his speech. Yeah. Yeah. My mom was like, stop running, stop running, Joe. And <laughs> she was like, he's going to be all his strength. He's going to be, I was, I was dying when he did that whole run to the, to the podium. I was like, oh yeah. I thought it was cute. I said, okay, young man, he not sleepy Joe no more. He, he taking a little jog in. <laughs> but, you, but you know, he could have just quick walk. I mean, come on now. He could just quick walk to the Podium. Trump couldn't even dance, let alone run. So. Talk about somebody that's yeah in poor health. That's Trump. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't gonna make it if he tried trying to run. But yeah, I yeah. felt bad for Joe. I was like, he gotta save his energy. He can't do too much off the top though. Exactly. No, but I was just gonna say, like, if something were to happen to Joe, like we we could potentially have a first black female president. President. Boom! No, I saw this little black. I saw this little black girl had that shirt on Instagram. It said, "My VP looks like me." I was like, "This is the cutest thing ever." Aww. <laughs> and that—that's another thing. There's going to be little girls everywhere, little black girls mm-hmm. everywhere. That's going to yeah. be like, "Oh, I can be a vice president too." So, that's that's great, Madam Vice President. And can you imagine like Halloween next year? All these oh, little Kamalas yeah, <laughs> running around. That's be good. Yep. Oh, it's gonna be great. I'm just excited, and um, I also, you know, I was a little excited about Jill, Dr. Jill Biden. First of all, he said he is Jill's husband. Um, she's still gonna <laughs> change. I was like, okay, Jill, I'm not mad at it. Yes, <laughs> woman. So that was appreciated. Um, but like I said, like, I, I'm, I'm like, like how you feel about Bernie. That's how I feel about Joe. Like I've just followed him 
for so long since I was a kid, like learning about his story, like how he just like won, um, well, he had this, he was, he was sworn in as a U.S. Senator in the hospital with his sons who had gotten into a car crash. Um, his wife had died as a result of that car accident. And just, and then Bo Biden passed. And so like all this tragedy, and I feel like this man still rose up. So I don't know. I just always, I, I have like a little soft spot in my heart for him. Um, and I just hope he does a good job and just does what he says he's going to do, because that will break my heart if he just turned around and did the exact opposite of what he promised us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I hope that he actually, you know, at least tries to do some of the legislation that he's promising the American people while he's in office. Okay. So Justin, I just checked Twitter. Um, Bush, George W. just congratulated Biden. He said the election was fundamentally fair and its outcome is clear. So this is someone from the Republican Party actually acknowledging the truth. It would be nice if a current elected official would say it, but this is kind of a big deal in my opinion. I don't know about you guys. Um, and, you know, George has always been kind of close to the Obama administration that you would think in turn he'd be close to Biden. Uh, but this is, this is good. Um, he wrote him like a long letter. I'm not, I'm not, not sure if I can get into it, but he, he basically just said like, hey, <laughs> he won. Congrats. This was fair. Contrary to what the Republican Party has been saying. It, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, that there's the neoconservative wing of the Republican Party, and then there's the Trumpists. So, you know, Bush is part of that whole old neoconservative uh, folks that are the Republicans that actually are a little bit sensical. I mean, they're nonsensical in a lot of things because some of them also are client uh, I keep saying client, uh, climate, climate. science <laughs> deniers, um, but they're not nearly as uh, terrible as, as Trumpists, and they're not as overt with their racism um, as Trumpists as well. So yeah, he, he's, it, it kind of goes back to that. But I'm, I'm glad that he's speaking out and saying something. Maybe more of the neoconservative uh, Republicans will follow suit mm -hmm. and start tweeting out now that they see, oh, well, you know, George W. said something, maybe it's okay, you know, so we'll see. But we'll see if the elected ones will say something, but, um, and, you know, I want to bring up another point about this whole, you know, Biden stole the election. Okay, if he stole the election, then how did we lose seats in the Senate? You know, like, don't you think we would have rigged that better for ourselves? And then, the, like, yeah, I mean, I, I would love for us to have cheated uh, Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham out of their seats. That would have exactly. been, you know, ideal mm, if yep. we were going to cheat somebody, uh, get those guys out of there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's, he's only saying the states where he's losing in that those are the states that he's being cheated. At. Right, right. I was like, you didn't pick up Florida. Why are you picking up Georgia and all of other places? Right. Right. So it's madness. It's madness. But I mean, how about this past week watching uh, the numbers come in and you're, I was clapping like it was a sporting event. Like I was like, yes, Wisconsin. <laughs> yes. yes I was twerking and everything. Yes, PA. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know you were doing election twerk. I, I, was. Was, I, I was just cheering. I, didn't know, I don't know about that. When PA got called, I was twerking. <laughs> Not well. I, I was I, I was twerking too with my state because my state is a blue state. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everybody that I voted for except for my mayor um, won. So I was like, "Yay! I'm so excited!" Uh, so props to you know. Shout out real quick to my senator Elaine Luria. Uh, this is her second term as a senator. I was I was getting concerned there because you know um, her opponent is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead. Because <laughs> you're in Virginia, right? Yeah, I'm in Virginia. Okay. Yeah. It did look red. Yeah, I was a little nervous. I was like, oh, me no. too. Me too. Because at the beginning, they, you know, when they were counting the votes, Trump was up. And I was like, oh, hell no. We are not a red state. We voted for Hillary in 2016, Obama twice. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not a red state anymore. We used to be a red state. Right. But, um, and then we were, you know, a purple state, like a bat, you know, a swing state. But now we've gone completely blue. So I'm like, uh-uh, 
we are not doing this. Um, but yeah, when they finalized everything, you know, everything went blue. So that was great. Yeah, it was, um, it was well, we're still waiting for the rest of the map, but <laughs> not that we need it at this point, but it's, it's still nice to see. Um, yeah. I also just wanted to bring up a few more first. You know, again, I, I'm appreciating my little tiny state getting some, some love. Um, Sarah McBride became the first transgender state senator in U.S. history. I voted for her, so that was very nice to see. Oh, nice. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so that is just, you know, change and, and tolerance and going back to just not being judgmental a-holes. I, I like to see this trend going in the right direction. Oh, and the whole squad got reelected, so that was great. Yes. Yo, yeah. Yeah. Shout out. The squad is back. And we got new squad members too. We got Corey Bush. We got Jamal mm -hmm. Bowman. Yep. So I cannot, I cannot wait to see Jamal Bowman on the House floor, like cutting it up, because <laughs> he is so vocal. Be funny. Yeah. Like is, you know. So yeah, it's it's great. It's beautiful. Good day. It's a happy day. I, I yesterday I you know I ordered DoorDash and I ordered like the most expensive thing on the menu. I'm like, we're going to feast today. And <laughs> a good day um and my kid she's kind of been like what is going on why do you keep clapping so loud why are you watching the same channel why are these people talking so boring i had to explain it to her she's just like okay cool and then goes up to her room so <laughs> the gravity of this election doesn't quite weigh on her um but i you know one day she's gonna look back on this and she can say well you know my mom talked to me about it so that makes me happy too yeah. um I'm, pr I'm proud to say I voted in this election. I've been voted since I turned 18. And what was it? Didn't Joe Biden get like the most votes, period, yep. of any president ever? Any candidate, yes. Yeah, yep. Um, so uh, maybe there, that's something to say about making voting more accessible. I mean, mm -hmm. I've always gone to the polls. This is my first time doing a mail-in ballot. But it was super easy. <laughs> I definitely will do that again if, if it's allowed. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I mailed my ballot. I, you know, people were all like, I don't know. Of course, the conspiracy theorist in me was like, oh, this this ballot's probably going to get compromised. But then I was like, no, what? I'm just going to mail it because absentee ballots have been around forever. So I'm not going to let Trump and his, you know, crazy thinking convince me that I have to go out and go to the polls and vote when I have the opportunity to just mail this out. Um, so yeah, I mailed out my ballot and, you know, obviously my vote got counted because everybody I voted Yeah, you can track out. it. It's not, not like it's like in the mail and it's gone. Like I checked to see it was received and I saw it was accepted. So it's not like you're in the dark when you send it in. Yeah. I was a daredevil and went to the polls. So I Ooh. did a little, but I did keep the, I did do the social distancing, you know, I did do the social distancing and I had my little touch, my little touch pin that everybody was taking their photos with. Okay. So I did a little bit daredevil there, but you know. No, that's cool. I mean, listen, I, a lot <laughs> of people. judging. <laughs> yeah, a lot I mean, of people. It felt like you were judging a little bit. I didn't twerk at the polls, but I did have to go to the polls. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't twerk in public, but in the, in the safety of my living room, yes, I twerked, twerked it low. <laughs> Provided. <laughs> oh, know. have you guys seen this trending? Um, buns for Biden on Twitter? Oh, <laughs> Lord. Oh, dear. <laughs> I was like, the internet needs to slow down. Yeah, we, we don't need to see your butts yeah. for Biden. We're good. We're good there. Oh, but speaking of polls, uh, we got to give a shout out to Stacey Abrams. She needs a yes. trophy, a plaque, or something. Like, I don't know what they're going to get her, but she needs something. The Stacey Abrams memes are so funny because they had mm -hmm. the Queen of Thorns from Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that one. That's what so it was me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Trump, it was me. It was so great. Yeah, she she completely um, did the whole get out the vote campaign and got folks out in Georgia to register and made a lot of those counties go blue. And that is why Georgia right now is uh, I get that's why Biden is up in Georgia. And there's a special election that's still going. I mean, uh, I think there's a senator that is uh, has her seat up. That's a Republican. Um, so we will see whether or not her seat is going to be taken away from her. And maybe we could have a majority Democrat Senate, possibly. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, cross my fingers. Yeah. 
progress all around. I'm I'm just happy. Um, yeah. and like I said, I'm going to take the day off on the 20th. Um, they did put out there that uh, if Trump, I mean, he's supposed to concede, which he still hasn't done yet. Mm-hmm. You're traditionally supposed to call the president that was elected. He still, he didn't do that. He's oh, still wow. tweeting that he won by a lot, like a, like a four-year-old. Um, mm-hmm. And they said they are perfectly capable of escorting him out of the White House <laughs> come come inauguration. So I trust me, I cannot wait to see that mess. He's gonna be like New yeah, York. Yeah, I zoom in, Lord. He's such a sore loser. Lord, yeah, he you, is. Yeah, you know, you're fired. You're fired. Um, so just for that entertainment piece for me, I actually <laughs> a, a small part of me wants him just to say no, so that they drag him out, like um like old boy did um, Kimberly Elise's character in The Diary of a Mad Black Woman, just drag him out by his toupee, <laughs> put him out on his behind. Yes. I'm yep, okay with yep. that. I'm okay with that. Yeah, you know they'll zoom in on that footage. Yeah, that'd be some good footage. <laughs> they did show him coming back from the golf course. And like this whole time he's been competing like a kid. Like he was at the golf course when he should have mm-hmm. been called so, um, a few days into the election. Um, he's still tweeting about how everything's a fraud, everything's a scam, and Joe's out here getting briefings on the climate and COVID. So it's like, you can already see the difference. So I'm just going to be happy when January 20th is there, is here, Joe soared into office, and we can kind of move on from this, the last four years of our lives, which have been just horrible, in my opinion. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah. Some bad news, guys. I just got a text um, from my mom. Um, Alex Trebek died. Yeah, I was about to. Yeah, I just saw that on CNN. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh-huh. he, he fought hard too. Yeah. yeah. He he had battled that for quite a while. He had pancreatic mm. cancer, right? Yeah. 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 Well, that's not something you want to hear on such a happy occasion. But I mean. This has been a rough year in general with losing. Yes, we yep. lost Chadwick. Mm, <laughs> I know yeah. we lost Kobe in January. You know, Chadwick. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot of people this year. Yeah. I, and then I, I lost a personal friend this year. Oh, um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's been tough, man. Yeah. 2020 is trying to see how much you can take. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm hoping 2021 uh, will be a better year. Obviously, now that we've got Trump out of office, it'll be a better year for everybody. Um, you know, people's rights will be given to them, you know, instead of taken away. And, uh, you know, that there'll be some, some high hopes. That's that that is the hope. I'm I'm trying not to be as a progressive cynical as some of my <laughs> friends are about possibilities. <laughs> possibilities, Jamie. Yeah, I, I am trying. I am trying. Cause I listen, I I I'm not one of those folks that are like, oh, Biden is gonna just fail us. Like I, I don't want to be that person because at the end of the day, this is this is the person that is our the leader of our country. This is the person that's going to be making the rules. So we, we do want him to win. We do want him to um, be su- successful in his job. But at the same time, we do want to hold him accountable. We do want to hold his feet to the fire when he's not doing mm-hmm. the things he's supposed to be doing. Um, so, uh, you know, it's you, you got to toe the line there. But uh, I do tend to fight the good fight. And when he does become president, because I rather fight neoliberalism than fighting fascism. Uh, so okay. yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about you know where we're going to go in the future. But I, at the end of the day, I am hopeful. So, so yeah, that's all we can do is hope. That's right. <laughs> the, the big bad is out of the office now. <laughs> now yeah. it's the return of the Jedi comparisons and Marvel comparisons. <laughs> Yeah, the mar- have you guys seen the Marvel memes and gifs? Like, yeah, I saw one was like uh, Biden was like uh, Captain America, and then of course you know Trump was Thanos or whatever. I was, yeah. I was dying. That was hilarious. Yeah. Well, in the beginning when we started realizing that the mail-in ballots were leaning more towards the, the Democrats, um, I had saw someone post about it was the same scene. It was you know Captain America getting beat up, and then. Um, the Black Panther and his crew walk in, and those are the mail-in ballots. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I tweeted that out on Black Girl Nerds' uh, page as well. But it was 
you know, that's how you felt. Like, yes, come in, mail in ballots, yep. keep the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seriously, yep. Yeah. So yeah, this, and I would say this is one of the elections that was like, since we all had to be home, we're all online, we're all on Twitter, Facebook, all of this stuff is at our on our fingertips. Um, so that probably added to the anxiety of this election was just having it available to you 24 um, seven. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's over. <laughs> Yep, it's over. We don't have to watch those ads on TV every five oh, freaking thank seconds. God. Yes, man, that stuff is annoying. Jesus. My goodness. You know, so that's good. That is good. Well, um, let's wrap this up. I, I'm glad that, you know, you guys have tuned in to hear us talk about election 2020. Please feel free to give us your thoughts and opinions of what you think about the outcome of this election. You can tweet at BGM podcast. Uh, you can tweet to the black girl nerds account at black girl nerds at black girl geeks. Um, and Ryan Angelica, do you want to give out your personal handles? Sure. I'm already fighting with people online as is, um, at um, melanin, <laughs> at melanin mommy two eight one six. Um, and at November bear. So yeah, this will be good. I mean, don't fight with Angelica, but definitely send us your comments and, <laughs> and all the stuff. I think this could be good though. Like going into, I mean, you know, 2020, this is crazy. We're still dealing with it, but everybody, the thing is everybody's at home and you got to sit down, you got to watch the stuff. There's no more running. So this will be interesting going into 2021. No more running from these different problems and what we see and like systematic racism. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be, It'll be interesting to see going into 2021 what people are taking note of and what they're not going to stand for anymore. So, yeah. Use your voice. Use your voice. Yep. Yep. That's right. And by the way, um, I just wanted to add, I don't quite remember the details. Feel free to go on Biden's website to see what that is. But he does have a plan that he's enrolling as well with respect to online harassment uh, Mm, that, you know, he's sort of... um, you know, making sure that people are not doing, <laughs> people yeah, are not yeah. harassing each other online. So I, mm-hmm. I kind of like that. I think that that is really good because obviously our president now, you know, lame duck Donald, uh, <laughs> that's his Twitter fingers now. Donald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Twitter. For, yeah. Either one to work. Yep. Yeah. He's become the biggest bully of social media and online harassment. Yep. And it's mm-hmm. just, he's created a culture out of it where it's just been accepted and, and it's okay. And I like the fact that Biden is trying to put together a plan to, um, you know, I guess, I don't know why I can't think of words today. I just, I <laughs> we work up to early. We up to Put a stop to real consequences. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So um, t- check out that information for those of you listening um i should have had that in front of me but anyways um i just thought that that was great online bullying is the worst and yeah it it really it needs to be stopped you know um so good on good on his team for you know tackling that issue all right well sounds like we're we're going in a good direction so yeah yeah we got we got rid of trump that's that's what i'm most happy about the the fascist is is gone so yes cheeto is out (laughs) cheeto is gone (laughs) um all right well guys thanks for listening thanks for tuning in we will see you next time and have fun out there and be safe out there when you're you know doing your thing when you're twerking out in the streets yeah twerk with the mask on people (laughs) right (laughs) twerk safely twerk safely bye The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Brodnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.